Welcome to the playroom, first and foremost. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Ready to play. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like that. I like that energy. You know, when I when I looked at your profile as a transformational speaker, as a mentor, as an ACCA qualified accountant, you know, that's those are huge, huge accomplishments that I must commend you for. Thank you, man. Wow. That, I think you're like the first person to do that for me. Thank you. Uh, people just usually read it and move on. Uh, thanks, man. It, it does take work. <laughs> yes. You're most welcome. Definitely. That's why here at We Don't Play, we definitely look forward to connecting with like-minded professionals, people who are ready to take everything by storm without any regrets. I think that's me. <laughs> exactly. And just because I gave them a little bit of who you are, it would be nice for people to know who you are from your perspective so that we can also jump into the questions that we have for today. All right. Cool. No problem. Well, I, I, I'm definitely a player. I'm not a player like that. I'm, I'm, a, player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a player type of um, just really pushing to get better um so if you're playing a game on that i'm that character I'm that or that player um type that just always seeks to get better i i call it you know pursuing excellence that's that's who i am i've already heard about what i do you know professionally to see you know just just personal about me i'm someone more recovering corporate procrastinator you know just as someone who was stuck in the cubicle always feeling undervalued Feeling, even though I achieve things, just feeling unappreciated, uh, still feeling dissatisfied that there's a part of me that's just not being recognized, leveraged, and, and appreciated. Uh, just someone who always wants to add value and have meaning to life, have meaningful life, have meaningful work. That's that's who I describe myself as. That's really good. I like the fact that you can create something out of nothing. And still stay committed to the cause because you know that at the end there's a reason why you started. Absolutely, it must it must be for a reason. Connecting to something, uh, and I champion creativity a lot, so I love connecting to my creativity. And creativity means solving problems. Exactly, exactly. Today we're gonna also you know touch on a few questions that I would love to know what your experiences and what your your responses are because we we live in a world now when there's so much information that you can get from podcasts, from books, from TV. You know, we have all these sources of information, but it always boils down to the person who needs it the most. So what can you tell someone if they're not creative or they're not feeling inspired? What can someone do when they feel this type of way? That they are absolutely correct. If they don't feel like they're creative, they don't feel inspired, it's true. They definitely don't feel. Because no one has ever stood up and said, I know I'm not creative. You know, the funny thing is, people always say, I don't feel creative. And that means that you're trying to draw creative energy from emotions. And while creative energy does come through emotions, it doesn't come from emotions. Creative energy comes from inspiration. Creative energy comes from meaning. Creative energy comes from deep insight. It's something that takes intentionality. It's not this spark that comes by drinking a latte or coffee in France, in the southern of France, and wearing a beret hat, right? Creativity yeah. comes from actually living. You know, Steve Jobs says that creativity is simply connecting the dots. 
But if you don't live, you have no dots to connect. So absolutely, I, I hear you and I feel you. I feel that you're not creative, but you, if you were to come to me, I'll tell you with all certainty that you are creative because as a human being, every single one of us are creative. Whether or not we choose to exercise and express that creativity, well, that's a different story. Exactly. And it always boils down to the person's mental state at that time. Because even us as creatives, we may not feel creative, but whatever we see could inspire us to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, you know, as a creative, and I, I, I try not to use the word creative and non-creative, because as I said, everyone is creative. Um, but a creative person, who's, someone who's accepted that gift, who's accepted that skill, that they're using it intentionally. That's what will be the differentiating factor. But, you know, when you're at that point, you're creative, it doesn't mean that everything you do is, quote-unquote, creative, right? Yeah. Because there's a value there's a value in the practice. And, and that's the, the other side of the point that people tend to miss, that there's a value in the practice, right? Setting things up, having a structure in place. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of creators will be like, listen, um, yeah, structure kind of kills my creativity. Yeah, I, I hear you to some extent. I hear you. But the structure, structure doesn't mean rigidity. And that's a misconception people have. Structure doesn't mean rigidity. Structure just means commitment. You know, you need to have a, a framework in place that helps to build that, that creativity. For example, you need to have time when you can do things that you enjoy. That's, you know, being creative at that point in time, but you are putting and fostering an environment for creativity. And you, you listen to the biggest creative minds that they've ever existed. They've gotten ideas by playing an instrument, taking a walk, you know, going for running nature, swimming, or playing with their children, or something like that, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to be on creativity mode 24 hours of the day. It just means that you have to have a balanced life and, and a life that fosters you to be creative. I love that. I like I like the fact that you also added that you don't have to be feeling creative to be creative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't. You you can actually. You can actually call on it. You can call on your creative power. I'm telling you, it's so wonderful. And, and I'll give you an example. There are many times where I don't feel creative. And hey, look, I'm an accountant. I'm trained as an accountant. Now, if, if anyone had their creativity beaten out of them, it's definitely someone who's an accountant. Sit down, calculate those numbers, present it. I mean, you know, shout out to all my accounting friends, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it took in takes intentionality for me to be creative because I'm by default I'm just so wired based on training that's not who I am but you know because of my training I'll think like oh let me approach this from a logical perspective and what I do every week on Wednesdays right I have um, my creative days which is like today you know during the first few hours of the morning I tend to shut off no technology and I sit down and I said I'm gonna put in the work Sometimes nothing comes, but I can tell you nine out of ten times I get this wonderful inspiration and I write or I will record something and it, and it comes, it, it comes and that's the thing, people think you just sit and it comes, but you got to foster it. I've developed this habit, I've developed a practice, this value in the practice that I've created that ensures that I become creative so that I move past my feelings. It's, it's like going to the gym. I mean, I never feel like I want to go to the gym, but every morning I get up, I go, and I, I'm very happy that I go every single day. Not because of necessarily the results of the day, but because I see the value in what I'm building. Too often when we're trying to pursue creativity, we want to judge the harvest 
by the seeds we've planted today. Mm. And by the fruit, sorry, we are, we're reaping today. You've got to judge the harvest based on the seeds you're planting today and what you're watering it. Because who wants to go out and water some seeds stuck in the ground? Like, there's just no fun in that. There's no good feeling about that. Yeah. But you have to have the discipline to, to know that you're building towards something. Exactly. And the, the fact that you're building towards something means that there's hope for the future. Yeah, I mean, I know this is the playroom, but we didn't come to play, guys. We didn't come to play. This is serious stuff, you know. You you gotta get off that creative slump, you know. You gotta you gotta pick yourself up, and you gotta stay disciplined to it because you gotta signal to your brain, you gotta signal to your mind, you gotta signal to your soul, you gotta signal to your spirit that you are a creative being, and you do that by living your life, not by sitting and waiting for something to come and hit you, smack you, and then give you that inspiration. You have to. You have to call upon it. You gotta make sure that it's it's right there for you. And sometimes it means writing two thousand words to get just that two words that you're looking for. Mm. Right? It might mean it might mean coding something for two hours just to get that 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 breakthrough. You know, to get that whatever. And and let me just dig deeper into breakthrough because I do transformation, not just motivation. So it's not just about motivating people. I, I need to help you transform. And a breakthrough is not something that happens externally. If you check the definition of a breakthrough, it says that it's an important discovery or development. Yeah. Right? And oftentimes we use breakthrough very loosely to mean the development part. But a breakthrough also means a development. When you figure out why you're in the slump and how to get out of the slump, that's a breakthrough. Now you've got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. You have to put in the work after that. But the breakthrough happens when you get that discovery. I sum it up like this. That every level of growth, every next level of growth in your life, any aspect of life, First requires a deeper level of insight. Mm. That's deep. That that takes a lot to, to take in because people are not that deep either. So for yes, them, so, <laughs> so for them to get into that space, that mentality, they have to really search within and see what they they have that's in them. Because as we all know, we are all geniuses, but. Some people will say, I don't have a talent. I don't have a gift. And it's literally right in front of you. But because you're so focused on other people's successes and other people's, you know, goals and dreams, you forget that you too have a dream that you need to achieve. Absolutely. And you know, that's the thing with creativity. Creativity is about dreaming. And the challenge why some of us feel we're not creative or we're not talented is because we're looking at other people. We're looking outside for some kind of meaning. You're looking to see how you fit into a situation. So you're like, huh, okay, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And then we we conclude that we are not skilled. Now, the beautiful thing about creativity is that creativity is creative. That's the whole point. That's why it's called create. You can create a new space. You can create a new environment, right? You can create a new construct in which you can operate. And that's what I always tell people that you have to detach yourself from the expectations of others, the expectations of situations, the expectations of what people have put in you, and connect yourself to the inspiration as it's happening. You know, so that the energy of of your inspiration should outweigh the energy of your expectation. Yeah, I love that. That is that is very very true. When you also think about creativity and income, because that's going to be the next level of of discussion when people say okay i'm creative i have i have a gift but is the income going to come from here or do i have to work and then get this income somehow else so when somebody's thinking about creativity and income how are those two linked so that they don't feel like they're overwhelmed 
Uh, that's the big that's the big question statement. Show me the money, you know, and, and that's what every creative always gets to that point like, I know I'm good, show me the money. Um now this is just the reality of things, right? The the environment of business is the environment of business. Whether you're creative, whether you're an accountant, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a doctor, it doesn't matter what your vehicle or your skill set is, right? Business is business. And the language of business, as Warren Buffett says, is accounting. So if you're trying to get income from your creative endeavors, you have to step into the realm of business and get an, an, an appreciation. And note I didn't say an understanding per se first. You've got to get an appreciation for business is business. And in the environment of business, there's one principle, and this is golden. I teach this a lot in my master classes and so on. The one, number one golden principle when it comes to the environment of business, especially if you're creative, is that value must be perceived first. It doesn't matter how good you are technically, how creative your idea is. If someone doesn't see value in it, they're not going to open up their wallet. They're not going to open up their purse because that is the environment of business. I mean, think about it. Put yourself in that shoe. Why would you give someone money just because they're an artist and um, they're struggling artists in court and you want to help them out? Maybe if you feel their pain, but you're going to open up your wallet when you see value, when they can connect to a problem that you're facing, when they can bring some sort of inspiration into your life. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're going through a global pandemic, you know, when people, some people are in lockdown. If you can use your creativity to bring value and, and let people connect to traveling again, I'll pay for that because you're, you're, you're giving value to my life. And when value is perceived and received, then money is given and given and given. Exactly. That's a very strong point you mentioned, because when you think about income, that is the end goal. But before you even get to that end goal, there are a lot of tracks that you have to pass through to meet that person's pain points, because without a pain point, there's no reward. And most times people don't see that money is a result of solving a problem. It's not a result of just happening. So if you're creative and your income is solving problems through people's, you know, solution based systems, how can that be so solidified that, you know, OK, this is my cash cow and this is where I'm going to be able to solve problems? Because they also say that referral is almost ninety nine point nine percent accurate based on the no like trust factor. So when you think about those two, does someone need to be born as a creative to be a creative or who does this apply to so that they don't feel like they're out of place in this discussion? All right. That, that's a great question. Um, as I said at the start, we are all one creative um, with the creative ability, I should say. Um, just like we're all born with the ability to walk. We, we're all born with the ability to speak. Well, I mean, barring no complications, you know, or so on. Of course, they're always outliers, but no one comes out of the womb starting to walk, right? You have to first crawl. You have to first see someone crawling or imagine crawling, and then you see walking and you try it. You get up and you fall down, get up and you fall down. You know, I, I presented that analogy because that's just how it is with, with the creative journey. And I call it a journey because you got to first start to crawl. And the crawling stage of the creative journey is you first recognizing when there's value. Now, you don't recognize that you're creating value by yourself. Just like what you said, Disney, if there's no pain point or a problem being solved, then there's no exchange of money. Correct. Uh, if you're not, if your creativity isn't attached to a pain point, I, I often say that you're shouting silence. You're shouting in silence. 
mm. you shout it but you are mute um, I, I think that's a language we all know now because of all the zoom calls we're on you know that you're on mute you could be speaking and then you're just on mute no one is hearing you right yeah. because you're not speaking their language right so how you can get to those steps is by putting yourself out there you have to put yourself out there you have to present what you have it doesn't mean go and give all your top secret your colonel sanders secret sauce 11 herbs and spices you know it doesn't mean yeah it just means <laughs> you know it means putting yourself out there and thinking about one person that would benefit from this i'm getting a better understanding why does this make sense now i'll tell you i had that struggle when i started because i used to just i could not public speak right i used to shake you interviewing me here on this podcast no sir not happening right? <laughs> uh, i'm an accountant okay i don't do that <laughs> and um but i noticed i started to pay attention i started to pay attention to what people were saying the good and the bad right and people were telling me look you just you just don't fit in around here you know fitting around the accountants and initially i thought man i'm a reject you know i have nothing of value but what they were saying is that i don't fit in because i don't have what they have i have something different and then I have something unique. I have something special. So I need to find a place where I fit in. And podcasts like this is where I fit in. So you, you have to take the crawling and try your different techniques. Whoever teaches a child, a baby to walk, I'm going back to, to that, that analogy. Like there's no classroom. The child can't, I, I, I taught the cat. He, I can't, can't read. Uh, they can't really understand what you're saying. They learn through experience. Mm. Mm. And, and isn't it strange that uh, the best or the most creative people in the world are children because they have no barriers to failure, right? There, there are studies and results that show that we are most creative when we are a child, you know, probably around four to five years because we, we just don't have that limitation of failure. That's why they can walk. That's why they do so many things so quickly. Wow. I love that. Experience is the best teacher and when you're able to apply it to what you do it starts to resonate because people can relate to your story and everybody has a story i love that everybody has a story and um you know even in accounting i started teaching this this message about six years ago about accounting is perhaps one of the most creative professions (laughs) Can you imagine? Uh, I, I think you, you, I'll be chased away. I was. Can you can you imagine? I was chased away. I was told, man, get out of here with that. How can accounting be created? <laughs> uh, I was convicted. I was absolutely convicted that, that the practice of accounting is very creative. Why I say that is because I didn't look at what accountants were doing. Right? I looked at what accountants should do. Now a lot of accountants do data entry. Right? That's not what accounting is about. When I went back to what I studied and what I was trained in, accounting accounting is not about writing numbers and balancing figures. Absolutely not. That's just a tool. Accountants actually tell a story. And they tell the story of a business through numbers. Mm. Mm. And I find that to be very creative. To tell a story through numbers. Man, I mean, look, look, look at the importance of numbers in our lives. Almost everything that you do has some sort of numerical value assigned to it. Yeah. Hey, you know, 
you know, say, how much do you love me, Flavor? Well, I love you um, 10 out of 10, 20 out of 10. We, we, our brains just automatically go back to that numerical representation. Even if you tell someone, look, I love you to the moon and back. Hey, there's a numerical representation in that because I got to calculate the distance from the earth to the moon uh, and then find out how much fuel I need to use to get there. Fine, I'm being a bit logical about it, but that's what it means. That's how we understand things. We understand yeah. things based on a numerical assignment. We always think about a number in our heads, always. Now, accountancy is just putting those numbers together and telling you the story. Mm. So the more creative you are, the more you can tell a story that can relate to the most simple person. Yes, the most simple person. So you need to figure out what is your method of storytelling. That's what creativity is about. What is the method of your storytelling? For some, it's music. For some, it's art. It can be engineering. It could be anything. Look, you could be a stay-at-home mom. You can tell. You could be a high school dropout. You can tell a story. Because even dropping out of high school or college is a story to tell, man. You, you know, stories don't just have to be about successes, right? Stories just have to be authentic. And I want you to screenshot that, guys. Well, not screenshot. What is it? It's audio. Audiogram it. Audiogram it. Yeah. Storytelling is not about success or failure. It's about being authentic. Because you can be authentic without being successful or being a failure. Being authentic just means being true to your identity, being true to your values, being true to who you are. Exactly. I love the fact that you have to be authentic and true because when you start doing that, you actually, you know, take out the garbage and you bring in the need because people are going to relate to your story and not everybody can relate to your story. So your goal should not be to find everybody, but it should be to find the right people that can actually convert and tell other people like you, which are also called lookalikes with digital marketing, that you can be able to act alike or look alike by this person, but you're completely different. But the story is the same because you both have the same end goal. Absolutely. Let me give you an illustration. It's finding the people who can resonate with your story. Every coaching client that I have, one of the assignments I give them is to go tell their story to someone. Either posting it on social media, doing a video or something of the sort. And every time, I tell you this, 10 out of 10. You see, numerical representation again. I yeah. without even knowing. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> ten out of ten times when I give this assignment to people who I'm coaching, it's like I don't see the value in doing this. What sense does this make? And then boom, they make a post, right? And I'm telling you, it doesn't go viral, right? Because the objective is not for it to go viral. And then out of the blue, someone just messages them, Hey, I've actually been following your life. I've actually been admiring you. I mean, your post today saved my life. I mean, when my coaching clients have come back and told me that in tears, I mean, it just moves me every time I tell them that. That's what I'm telling you, right? Your story matters to someone out there. It doesn't matter what your story, you don't have to be perfect to be a storyteller. You don't have to be, you know, the best or the, the world's greatest, win awards to tell the story. You just have to tell your story. And every time I give my coaching clients that assignment to do, they come back in tears and like, oh my goodness, this person reached out to me, someone even older than them, someone even more senior than them. I've been fighting with this thing, but you, your story has just um, encouraged me. And half the times the coaching clients are like, I need to give them a solution. But no, they're just telling me that I helped them. And I was like, exactly. Hmm. Wow. This is where you actually end up deciding what you want for yourself. And this is also the same point where you're able to determine how far you can go. 
because you've also mentioned in numerical value people always want to reach somewhere say that you're driving to a location or you're going to a location or you're being driven to a location either by your mind or by your physical being and at the end of the day the result you get is the expectation that you set for yourself so when somebody is thinking about creating that that unique creativity from their from their innermost being how does someone get back to that unique sense and how do they use it because in the world we are in today there's a lot of news going around you know people don't want to listen to bad news every day even though it's going to be there so if somebody is easily tackled by this you know unforeseen problem that they don't even know how to get themselves out of how can they get back to that original state of mind like you mentioned 4 or 5 years old of that space where there's no limit it's a limitless society and i'm able to use my creativity to reach the people that needed the most wow that that was a great point to just read i love that when you talk about driving to your you know your destination not just physically but even maybe mentally you're being driven somewhere yeah. emotionally and just take away with what we said earlier a lot of us are driven to the point where we don't feel creative <laughs> we need to figure out who put those gps coordinates in our you know in our in our locator yeah um we need to figure that out who's driving us or what's driving us i think that's a critical question to ask and that's how i'll start to answer your question of how we can get back to that limitless sort of state is by asking what's driving us and who's driving us and unfortunately one of the challenges that we have in society in modern culture today is that um, it's a loss of identity. Um, this is someone I can't remember who was listening to. He calls it um, not an identity crisis. Uh, forgotten, but we have an identity crisis, um, and that impairs or impacts our ability to be authentic in ourselves. And when you can't be authentic with yourself, then you can't really determine the destination that you need to be at. You can't get back to that limitless place. Mm. Let me break it down. When, when, when we go through this identity crisis, a lot of us are doing things to achieve things to get an identity. So I want to categorize myself. And, and I hear it. And, and, and I'm, I'm saying this with all sensitivity. That I want to be considered a high school graduate. Yes, I know you need that to get a job. I, I, I hear what you're saying, right? But my point is that you should not be pursuing uh, a, a college degree just so that you can be labeled as a college graduate, right? You need to not let education, a career, be the source of your identity. Mm. They should just be expressions of your identity. You want to become a college graduate because you have that ability. That's, that's what's going to solidify your identity, not give you that identity. You have to first give yourself permission to be you. That's the first step in creating a limitless world. You got to give yourself permission to be you. So when I started this journey, right, of, of championing creativity, people were like, but aren't you the accountant guy? I was like, yeah, so what? Yeah. And then they keep quiet because they also didn't realize, oh, well, like they're like, the one people will respond, person respond, well, accountants don't do that. I was like, that's good for accountants, but I'm not, I'm not um, the accountant Robert. I am Robert, who is an accountant. But I'm also Robert, who champions creativity. I'm also Robert, who does this. You know, my identity is multifaceted, multi-talented, multi-directional, and all sorts of things, baby. You can't put me in a box. <laughs> exactly. It's it's when you can tell yourself that you're self-aware of your, your knowing, your all-knowing being that 
this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here to create. This is why I'm here to dominate. And once you're able to get that level of confidence in you, then nobody can tear you down. And it's a lot, it's easier said than done, honestly. But I feel like at some point when, <laughs> when somebody decides to take this full on, they're able to really understand that it has, it starts with them and it ends with them <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, um, and, and I think we need to even pause at that one because I can tell you, it is much easier said than done. Strangely enough, when I did this, I did it before I said it. <laughs> In other words, I didn't know what I was doing. I just removed all limitations. Honestly, that's what I did. Yeah. So people keep asking me, how did you do it? I didn't sit down and say, I want to become limitless. I don't want to have any limitations. I just did it. And then when I looked back, I was like, wait, I actually removed all limitations. And I did that by learning to say yes. I think mm. too often we learn to say no. To say no is too easy. I mean, I'm going back to my analogy of a child. I mean, when a child learns to start saying no, I mean, that's almost everything. No, no. And then when they think about it, they actually wanted something, but they said no. And because you see, no builds the barriers around us, guys. When you get so used to rolling the, those two letters off your tongue, well, whatever language it is in, in translating your language, you start to say no. You know what you're doing? You're building up fences all around you. You're building up barriers. You're building up this. No, 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 no. And while no could be good to focus us on a particular path, I think the most critical thing to do when you're first trying to create that limitless sort of environment is learn to say yes. Say yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll give it a try. Yes, I'm going to do it knowing that I'm going to fail. Yes, no one has ever done it, but I'm going to do it. Yes, I'm going to do it. you got to learn to say yes to the right things. Because you know what? Yes is a word of momentum. Yes is a word of, of moving energy. No keeps us stuck. No restricts us. Yes takes us to a different place. And when you go to a different place, you bust out of your comfort zone. And when you bust out of your comfort zone, then that's where limitless happens. Exactly. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And it's all about affirmations. Even... You know, even in the scriptures, it also talks about, you know, how you let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And when you when you also think about this power in the tongue, people think about it too far. And it's literally right there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to be clear on that. Right. And and you see, I'm not saying do everything. Right. But what I'm saying is think about it. And, and when if you don't give yourself that opportunity, so people used to say, oh, Ben, you should start speaking to us. And I was like, what? I'm not a speaker. Because see, again, I'm going back to the labels and that identity. Because I'm thinking a speaker has to be someone who's flawless, who has 40 slides, who does this, and who gets chairs in a room. But a speaker is also that person who's shivering, who is sweating. A speaker is also that person who is just ready to wet their pants standing in front of people. But the speaker is also that person who has a message. And I tell people all the time, I don't speak because I enjoy hearing my voice or enjoy speaking. I speak because I have a message that I can't keep inside of me any longer. Mm. Exactly. That definitely makes everything different when you know that your intentions are pure and you're able to resonate with people who actually need your service. And when you speak about creativity... Another thing that comes to my mind is there are some people who have jobs, who have, you know, passions. I would I wouldn't even call them passions, I'll just call them tasks. And this task these tasks that they have to do are not so creative. 
So if somebody is very creative from within, just like you mentioned how accounting, people don't really think that's creative, but to you, you can create creativity out of it. So if somebody is in that same state, how do they make sure that their job is not like boring to them? It's not something that is dragging and, you know, making sure that they can get the best out of what they're doing at that particular time. Right. A builder, a contractor is contracted to build a house and he's given the plans by the architect and he goes, he gets the building materials, he puts them together, he can see the masterpiece, he can see the vision that the plan has been laid out, he has all the materials, he has all the workmen and he gets to work. The first thing he has to do is put a nail in the wood. That's the first thing he has to do. There's no excitement in putting that nail in the wood. And if he does that too idly, that nail wrongly positioned or the wrong type of nail can cause the integrity of the entire building. And so when, when you have a task that you have to, have to do, and I do, because I'm an accountant, there, there are times that I have to look at those figures and try to balance it. It may not be exciting, it may not um, be something I'm passionate about, but I have to continue to remind myself of the big picture. And if I don't do this, then the, the structural integrity of what I'm trying to do is at stake. Yeah. Imagine you present financial figures that don't balance. Man, if I don't have that discipline to do a microscopic look at what I'm doing, then I'm in trouble. But even as you go at a microscopic level, you must zoom back out and see what it is that you're doing. And then, hey, in this day and age, uh, find a way to outsource it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. The internet is there. There's it's... no shame there, man. There's no shame there. <laughs> <laughs> right now, people write books. I was, uh, when I authored my book, I was speaking somewhere and people like, I was telling them that I think for my next book, I might hire a ghostwriter. And they're like, what's that? I was like, yes, someone can just interview me and write my book. They were like, what? Isn't that cheating? I was like, I mean, some of the biggest famous books you see on the market, like, you think people sit down and actually wrote those words? Ah, no, man. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> people value their time. Exactly. So it's, it, that's that's the other thing when you're doing those mundane tasks is that you got to see. I mean, but also just don't be too, don't don't have such high aversions to pain or high aversions to discomfort because that's where the growth happens. That's mm. where the discipline happens. I, I think particularly for creative types, and I hear a lot of people say this, and I do not subscribe to this school of thought that you just focus on your talent and hire a business manager to take care of your stuff. I no, I don't believe in that, man. I mean that you're you're signing off you're signing off full control to someone. You should have an idea. It doesn't mean you need to be a CPA. It doesn't mean you need to be a lawyer. But you need to have an idea, right? It doesn't mean you have to actually do it. And that's one of the things that I write about a lot. One of the biggest mistakes that a creative uh, business or entrepreneur can do is solely focus on their talent because you don't you then have a disconnect because we don't live in just a talent world. We live in a multi, you know, multifaceted world and you need to be able to connect to that world and have an understanding of what's going on. I mean, we see it with a lot of famous rich people that they end up with big tax cases, although they've hired some of the best people because they either get cheated out of it or they don't know what to do or, you know, so many reasons. Exactly. And that's where you have to really have that, that discernment and that intention to make sure that what you're doing is going to serve you better in the end because everyone that spends an investment on something is expecting something for a better future. Whether it's paying for your kid's school fees 
whether it's paying for your own investment, whether it's paying for a book that you know that after reading this book, I'm going to have a think and grow rich mentality. You know, you have to think about how you can be able to get out of your comfort zone. But another thing that I would want you to also, you know, let people know and and just see how we can uncover that is why do why do we need to get out of our comfort zone and what does that do for us? So, I mean, as I said earlier, that growth doesn't happen in the comfort zone. Yeah. Right. Um, the comfort zone is a place of comfort. Exactly what it says. Um, and it, comfort zone doesn't mean something bad, right? Um, because growth happens when there's a challenge. As I said earlier, that every next level of growth requires a deeper level of insight. And you can't get deep levels of insight by doing the same thing over and over. A comfort zone defines um, default settings, right? Or default settings help to create our comfort zone. Yes. And what does the comfort zone do for us when we get out of it? Let's look at what the comfort zone does to us while we're in it, right? The comfort zone fosters procrastination. <laughs> mm. What I mean by that is it, it doesn't mean, you see, there's this misconception that nothing good happens in the comfort zone. No, that, I, I, don't, I don't believe that, right? Comfort zone is something that happens because of some settings that you've created, right? You want to protect yourself, right? So you, a comfort zone could be going to the gym every day. That's a comfort zone. Right now, what happens there is that you procrastinate on growing because you you're not open to change, right? And you can't change in the comfort zone. You can only change when you move out of the comfort zone and try something different. So maybe you've been lifting weights all your life, um, but someone tells you, "Hey, try some CrossFit or try a jog." Right? It doesn't mean become a professional CrossFitter. Yeah. When you try that, you are recruiting. You know, and I'm getting a bit technical in terms of the, the biology of, of muscles. Uh, when you try something different, you're recruiting new muscle muscle tissues. You're recruiting new muscles, new nerve endings to come and support you because you're doing something different. You're shocking your muscles into it. So that's what happens when you step out of the comfort zone. You are you are unlocking parts of you that have become dormant because our human beings, as human beings, we are wired to become efficient, right? When you try a task for the first time, you you suck at it probably, right? Or you have to get better at it. And when you get better at it, you get into what I call autopilot. So think about it. Um, you go on your phone right now. If you want to send a, a message to me, you know exactly where to go on your phone. You don't even think about it. And then you realize you're already drafting the message to me. Your brain, you, you don't have to wait for permission, right? So you're doing yeah. that. Now, if I rearrange the apps on your phone, you would have to stop and think, wait, what, what am I doing again? And then sometimes a lot of people get distracted and end up in a different app. And they're like, oh man, I was supposed to send Robert a message. Mm, you know? <laughs> because, exactly. Because you're thrown, you're, you're thrown off your, your tracks, right? As the moving out of the comfort zone helps us to be more intentional with what we're doing, right? As I was saying, that when you're in the comfort zone, it fosters procrastination because you procrastinate on going. You know why? Because you have to give up the certain for the uncertain. You have to give up doing what you're doing that you know the results, even though the results may not be satisfactory, right? You have to give that up and try something different. The, the extreme example is you're in a job, you hate that job, but it's giving you money to pay the bills. And you always hear people say that, oh, but it helps pay the bills, it helps pay the bills. You need to evaluate what is also dying. But it doesn't mean go out and just start a business and go hungry for two years and then you become a millionaire. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying to, as you said earlier, be self-aware and evaluate. What are you giving up for this certainty? Because certainty 
has a higher cost than uncertainty. Mm, I love that. The fact that you don't know what's on the other side is what should give you more motivation to know how you can be part of it. Because people always say, okay, my goal is to get to a million. When I get to a million, my goal is to get to 10 million. So you will never have enough. But when you're able to have that contention within your spirit, within your mindset that this is what I need and I've achieved it. Now it's just to help other people, which is also a goal because there are some people, there are some entrepreneurs that money is not their goal. It's not their motivation. It's giving back. And when you give back, you get more back in return because you've, you've been able to apply what you have as a, as, a, as a talent to what people are doing on a daily basis that probably don't even have access to what you have. So when you're able to bridge that gap, you're creating a no-like trust factor for yourself and you're also becoming an icon of value. That's why people are always living legends when they do something that's remarkable beyond the comfort zone. And, and then we celebrate them, right? And you you are just taking me right into, you, you must have a copy of my notes because this is what I speak about a lot. Um, so when you get to that point, you see you procrastinate. And the people who kill the procrastination are the ones who step out of their comfort zone they do things that may seem contrary to what others believe or what can be done, and they become legendary. And what's the number one? And I want to put you on the spot. Just ask you a question. When I really put you on the spot, what's the first? What's, what's one response we normally give when we see someone doing something legendary? What's what's what what what? Just just off the top of your head, uh, I just want to know what you're thinking. Uh, what's what's one of the first responses? Like, so we see, oh, someone you went to school with doing something amazing. I mean, what's usually one of the responses? Usually, I would say that somebody can say, yeah, I can do that too. Someone can say, someone can also say, okay, maybe I don't have the resource to get what he did, so I'll just wait. And then a third person would be like, uh, maybe this is something that I, I, will, I will have to you know, think about because I'm not good enough. You know, so there's always that tension in the mind where it's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. You know, me too. Yeah, that's easy. Somebody else can be like, uh, I don't think that's something that I want to do. I'm not really interested. And then another person can just be like, okay, I'm really not good enough. I'm not fit for this. So you can get three different strains from the same person just because they don't know what themselves are worth. And you, you just, you just killed it. You killed it. And that's the reason. The reason is because they don't know themselves. I'll sum up all those three response scenarios that you've given in one word, only one word. And that word is comparison. Mm. Whenever we see someone do something legendary, the first thing we do, we compare. We compare with ourselves, especially if we know them. Oh, or we try to excuse it. Oh, well, he had a rich uncle. Uh, well, he was good at that. Uh, well, I can do that too. You know, so the spectrum is wide, but the, the, the first thing that happens is that we compare. Instead, what we should do is find courage. Exactly. Courage is is like the next door, is the next key to the next breakthrough. Because if you have courage to do something, somebody will be able to at least applaud you for what you're doing. Because not everybody has the, the ability and the confidence to be on a stage with 10,000 people. Some people will just freeze, literally. So... If you're seeing somebody doing something that strong and that person is actually containing the crowd, then that should also give you a momentum that, hey, okay, this person didn't start the way they are now, but because they are, they're doing that, they're able to grow. 
I was in a clubhouse room yesterday and I had the pleasure of listening to Brian Tracy and Les Brown because they had a, there was an interview going on and they were speaking, speaking, speaking. And I was taking notes because clubhouse is an amazing <laughs> space where you can be able to listen and learn. And when they kept speaking, it just it just made me feel like, wow, this is a time we're living in a time and era that. Before you used to watch something on the tape and you think that they are so far away, now they're literally an app away. So there's no limit to your creativity in today's world. So you can reach people. I love that. They, you know, they just we're, we're just an app away. Uh, we're Zoom away. Any app away. I love that. That's true. So, and that brings us now to connectivity. Exactly. So just what we said earlier is that the first thing we do is we compare. But what we should do is get courage to connect. Exactly. Yep. And not just connect to the person. Because you may have connected, you didn't connect to Brian Tracy last night or to Les Brown, right? What you did is connect to the spirit of Brian Tracy and to the spirit of that courage, right? Exactly. Most importantly, what we need to do is connect to our inspiration, to our authentic identity. That's what we got to connect to. Exactly. Exactly. And how how can people turn their creative ideas into a side hustle or a passion project? Uh, creative ideas are not meant to be side hustles. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. You try to turn, yeah, please do. You know, when you try to turn, turn your creativity into a side hustle, you're saying it's going to be a maybe or, or something that I don't need to pay attention to. Right. Uh, I, I hear. I hear what you're saying, though. I hear what you're saying, um, but I just want to put that. <laughs> want to put that caveat in <laughs> because that's what we do oftentimes, especially those who are from a corporate background. So mm. I, I, this is just a side hustle. So we become non-committal to it. Mm. And yes, it, got, it gives results, and you're getting some money in. But when someone says, "Hey, man, you should pursue this," it's like, "Nah, it's just a side hustle, something to help me pay the bills." You are so discrediting and discounting your abilities, man. You are just. You, you are pushing yourself down, right? And um, never try to turn your creative abilities into a side hustle because creativity is an identity extractor. Yeah. That thing you're doing as a side hustle is actually boostering and bolstering your identity. There's so much wealth in that. Now, it doesn't mean that every creative ability you have must turn into a full-fledged business. I want to put that out also. Yep. It just means, but don't, don't consider the side hustle mentality of it, right? Instead, look at it as a small business. Look at it as an income stream. And there's some ideas that will only go to certain levels, and that's fine. But don't ever consider your creative abilities as a side hustle because creative abilities are so deep. It involves you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, because what's going to keep you going, right? If you just consider the side hustle, as soon as the tough, uh, the tough times come, you're going to fold it and say, oh, well, uh, let me count my losses. So you're, you're just dipping your toe in it. Don't do that with creative abilities. you got to go all out. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I would definitely tell people that when you create something, you have to trust the process. And when you trust the process, you enjoy the journey because now it's part and parcel of your success story. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And even thinking about success stories and passion projects and things that are of value because at the end of the day, we read books, you know, we listen to podcasts, we watch shows and we always leave with something. 
And your book, your book blow the lid off. That's why I, I made sure that we were able to talk about this really, really quickly and let people know what blow the lid off is about because I love the, I love the picture. I love the cover. I love that it says reclaim your stolen creativity, increase your income and let your light shine. I want to know more about the backstory on how this came to be. Well, super. Um, blow the lid off um, is an English expression, you know, for usually to uncover some sort of conspiracy. Uh, and the conspiracy that I'm uncovering in the book is that some of us are creative and some of us are not creative. The conspiracy that I'm uncovering is that creativity is just a woo-woo kind of feeling that you got to do when you're high or something and then inspiration comes to you. The conspiracy that I'm loving is that creativity is so critical for human development that every single one of us owe it to ourselves and to our fellow human beings to unlock that creativity. Then on a second level, blow the lid off because I want to help people blow the lid off their creative limitations, right? I want to blow the lid off what's suppressing what I call the creative gene. There's a gene that needs to express its characteristics in our lives, but we suppress it so much. And this book is about helping people blow the lid off that's suppressing their creativity in that world. I love that. I definitely love that. This is a must-have for 2021, for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We didn't come to play. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't come to play. Exactly. It, it's such a pleasure to have you here, Robert. I would definitely want to ask the last question, which is, how can people get to connect with you? How do they get your book? How do they get your coaching courses? How are they able to tap into your creativity? Great. Um, thank you so much for this conversation, guys, and for having me in this platform and in, in, in this whole network. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation. You can connect with me um, to my website, www.robertabell.com. I'm definitely across social media. You can find me, Robert A. Bell, um, across social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, but you can get all those connections through my website, YouTube, I have a podcast also going you can check that out. Uh, in terms of my book, you can get a copy of my book through Amazon. Uh, wherever books are sold digitally, amazon.com, .co.uk, Canada, you know, wherever you are, just get on my website, you get links to, to international links for the book. You can get them in uh, ebook, e-version, and also paperback. Amazing. Wow. You are the champion of creativity, definitely. And, and then in terms of coaching, if you can get a coaching, just rolling up. Sorry? I was just saying that you're the champion of creativity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the champion of creativity. That's what I call myself. I have no trophy. Yeah, if anyone is interested in, in coaching or hearing, I mean, you can get on my website. I have many podcast interviews I've done. You can a whole directory of different arrays. Um, then also I have a free gift for the listeners today. I'll, I'll send you the link. Hey. You can put it in the show notes um, where people can. It's just a, a free downloadable guide on the creative journey and you know some quick tips on how to keep you motivated to be creative even when you don't feel uh, like you're creative and, and from there we can continue to connect check on my website uh, I should be posting links to <coughs> I've turned the book into a course and people can get onto that course so you can connect to my website it should be up and running in um, in a few days time awesome this is amazing thank you so much Robert for joining the playroom today thank you so much for having me I uh, a great time and I hope we won the game. Exactly. <laughs> Have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. All right, you too. All right.